0: and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Right. Happy Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to those who are watching on the audio If you're fortunate enough to watch the live stream, thank you. I appreciate you for tuning in. As always, feel free to give some comments if you have any questions along the discussion. And if not, that's fine, too, because I bring enough energy for all of us. All right. So today we're going to be talking about when a childhood dream becomes a reality. So for those who are new to the show, this is about overcoming obstacles. And we dive deep into the guest backstories to find out their their background, any childhood dreams, things of that nature, and how it all ties into what they're doing now. And we've discovered mid-show sometimes where people who don't even think, like people who are guests on the show, may not even realize how their childhood experiences completely relate to what they're doing now. So me as the host going through the journey with the guests, it's truly amazing. So also, if you're new to the show, you probably are wondering, who the hell is this guy? This is me. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front front of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. Starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not gonna see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again all that stuff, I was like, you know what, like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your worth. All right, so as I debuted in yesterday's episode, I'm going after the intro video, I'm going to start doing a teachable moment, right? It'll just be a couple minutes, and then we'll dive into the main topic, and I have two guests today, so I'll bring the guests on. So for today's teachable moment, I'm going to talk about getting started, right? Just get started, because too many times we have ideas, things that we want to accomplish, maybe relationships that we want to repair, and we're constantly holding off, holding off, holding off, holding off. It's like, just get started, make the first step. So I decided maybe about an hour ago that I'm going to do a nationwide speaking tour. I'm going to go to uh, high schools, colleges, and universities and teach the students how to tell their stories and how to become more confident speakers, which will in turn improve their self-esteem It will help them build resilience and hopefully, again, I'm no doctor, so I can't say this on the record, but hopefully help them relieve stress, anxiety, and depression. A, a lot of those things lead to people holding on to things that have hurt them or that are hurting them. But you have to get started. Like, like my mom and my nephew had a strained relationship for a while there. And I remember I reached out to my nephew. And I was like, you have to, like, they aren't getting any younger. I'm like, you have to repair this relationship. And he was afraid to make the first step. I was like, if, if you don't try, it'll never happen. I said, so you have to take the first step and try, which he did sent her a text she kind of snubbed him at first and i told him keep trying just keep putting the love out there and then at some point you're gonna reel her back in and so fortunately they were able to repair their relationship he even moved back in with her for for a little while but he shows up every weekend he's back involved in the family functions but that all stemmed from him taking the first step and getting started all right, so that's t- that's going to be today's teachable moment. So whether it is you want to start a business, you want to write a book, you want to start a blog, you want to start a podcast, you want an uh, online stream of income, it doesn't matter what it is, just start the process. Because once you do that, the universe clears the way for you, and then you're going to be able to realize whatever it is that goal or that vision is. All right, so with that being said, we're going to talk about when your childhood dream becomes a reality. So my guests coming coming on now has created something absolutely amazing, which they're going to tell you about. So let's bring them on now and let's dive into this conversation. So welcome Evelyn and Jennifer to the show. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Hello.
2: Hello. Thank you so much for having us. My pleasure. Yep. My
0: pleasure. Where are you guys joining us from?
1: Um, we are from Puerto Rico.
0: Originally, uh, originally,
1: but yeah. we live already in Minnesota.
0: Minnesota.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> How, how'd you land in Minnesota?
3: Oh,
2: <laughs> that was a great question. It was actually after I graduated from college, I decided to make a jump and start all over. And Minnesota was one of those days who gave me the opportunity to start fresh. And um, I moved in first about eight years ago, and then my family followed me here. Uh, five years ago so <laughs> they, we have been living here up north and uh you know we're still getting used to the cold it's not easy coming from an island <laughs> that's what i was gonna
0: ask you next
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's been Enough. a challenging uh, transition but we really like it here
0: nice yeah like so i'm here in rhode island so Every summer, like late spring, summer, fall, I love it here. Second that cold weather hits, I'm like, why do I live here?
2: Yes, yeah,
0: <laughs> especially
2: when live. it starts getting like negative <laughs> 40, which yeah. we yes. had experienced. It's like, okay, this is another level of cold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's true. I actually lived in New Hampshire for one year just it, that's it, just one year. It's a, where I lived about two and a half hours north of where we are here. But same thing, a whole different world up there. I remember calling my mom saying, is it, is it weird that I miss Rhode Island winter? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? yeah.
0: But same thing, wind chills, negative 40, negative 50, Fourteen feet of snow, uh, not feet. Fourteen inches of snow, and they don't even cancel school or anything. It's,
1: yeah,
0: it's just normal. Like I don't want to live with this. Is normal.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is
1: normal. As the student, uh, they have to go to school. The yes. people have to go to work. Yeah, yeah. nothing happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although I do have to get out there because it's, it's my goal to visit all fifty states. And Minnesota is one that I haven't been to yet. So it, it is on my list, but I'm going in the, the summer or fall. Oh, gonna... no,
2: you should come in winter. Oh, <laughs> hell
0: no. I get enough of that here. <laughs> when, when I travel is to escape the cold.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So, Evelyn, let's start with you. How would you describe yourself? Who, who is Evelyn?
1: Yeah, Evelyn is a, a mother of four, okay. four kids. Three girls and, and a boy special need with a special need. Okay. Um, I'm uh, Eva Kuz, the designer of my own line. I make a little dress for girls yeah. uh, from uh, a newborn to eight years old. Yeah. Nice. Love it. All right. There's got to be more to the story than that. Come on
0: now.
1: Well, I came from a little town uh, from Puerto Rico, Guanica. Mm -hmm. I grew up uh, over there uh, 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 seeing my my mother sewing, Mm -hmm. and that was my dream, sewing uh, uh, dresses. Um, I have a lot of dreams. Uh, when I was uh, a kid, yeah. uh, uh, that was uh, I, I um, grew up with a, a lot of uh, struggles
4: mm-hmm.
1: in my life. Um, um, but I never give up. I draw, I have my, my own uh, book uh, when I was a uh, leader. And every day I, I draw a, a lot of kind of, of piece of uh, clothing.
2: Different designs.
1: Different designs, skirts, dresses, uh, shirts, uh, shorts, everything. And when I mom, my mom, uh, she's sewing a lot. She, she make my own uh, uh, wedding dress. Okay. um yeah she she make a uh, wedding dresses uh clothing for men's for kids uh for women's uh, she she do a lot of kind of of uh, things and yeah uh, I grow up so in my uh, see my mom uh, uh do a lot of stuff um and I help her uh Uh, making a, 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 put the buttons, cut patterns, uh, fixing. uh, Well, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So so in your book where you were writing, where you were drawing different designs, how old were you when you started that?
1: Oh, my God. I was uh, 11, 12. Okay. 11 12 yeah um i saw the in the tv uh, a program uh,
2: it was a
1: how you call jennifer
2: <laughs> it's like a um, noon tv show that is really yeah. popular it was a really popular in the island back then yeah. and okay. they do different activities competitions they have like special guests or, or artists singing so it's like your noon tv show back mm-hmm. then
1: okay. yes that was in, in in that time well and uh, uh, it was a competition competition of that i have to send my 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 drawings. sketch my drawings yeah. you know for a a win a, a, a
2: scholarship a scholarship
1: yeah. Okay. yeah and we um f- a few i think was past uh, a month when I mo- my mom received a a letter that uh, uh, I th- they they think that I win the scholarship awesome.
2: and the scholarship was for she was in the south of the island she was at that stage of 11 12 year old and she has her notebook, you know, designing everything and sketching. And yeah. she sent her notebook to that competition, uh, hoping to win, but the scholarship was for a school design, a uh, fashion design, and it was for men to be to 18 years old and older. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it and was a national competition and she had yes. won one of the scholarships. And my grandmother, my mother, uh, her mother, Bertha, she didn't know my mom had sent her notebook. So when my grandmother received that letter, she was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to go alone. to you're really like little. You kind of go to San Juan to study, you know, fashion yeah. designing. with mm-hmm. one of the coolest, you know, designers out there, Carlota Alfaro and other greater designers in the island. So that was kind of funny. And yeah. every time that my grandmother recall that story, she's like, I didn't even know she sent that notebook. <laughs> Unfortunately, she never got the notebook back. So it's just uh, on the memories, uh, okay. but yeah. Yeah, I
1: lost it. I lost the, my my design, my book. And well, I, I thought, well, maybe in the future, i i i can go to to school and 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 learn and study a designer and but
2: i can't (laughs) uh, yeah she couldn't at the moment and that didn't happen a lot of other things in, in her life yeah. Station change her journey okay. a little bit. <laughs> okay.
0: Yep. All right. So Jennifer, we're we're gonna get we're gonna get to you you in a minute. I wanna stick. Okay. I wanna stick with with Evelyn's story here. No worries. All right. All right. So so why was your mom constantly
1: sewing? oh, oh my mom. Uh, well, uh, she learned from her mom. Okay. my grandma, <laughs> yeah, but she, she started sewing at eight years old, my wow. mom, okay. yeah, for the necessity in that time, mm-hmm. he, um, she, uh, she have a lot of necessity, and she started to, to doing that, to make uh, clothing at eight years old, and cool. she grow up like that, and when I, when I will uh, have all the children, um she get she get married and and have seven children and she have uh she have to do it <laughs> okay. because the, the the necessity the economy uh, my dad uh, he was the only
2: uh income in the income family and okay, so uh, my to mom save money
1: yeah, and my mom have to stay in the home with all the children,
2: take care of, of them. Seven in total. So you yeah. can imagine just trying to make ends uh, and, and to, yeah. to I'm I'm provide. actually
0: I'm actually the youngest of seven kids, so I know oh what, wow. I know. <laughs> First hand, what you're talking about. So you may
2: understand a little. <laughs>
3: yes. Yeah, yeah, so,
2: and just to add a little bit to that story too. So uh her grandmother, so it'll be my great grandmother. Uh, she did the same thing, you know, sewing little pants and shirts for their family. Then my grandma did the same for her family, just out of necessity. They couldn't really go to retail stores and buy the latest and greatest. Uh, Again, it was all of my aunts and uncle, they were all wanting to be fashionable. So then my aunts would ask my grandmother, you know, hey, can you make me this style? We can buy this fabric. So that's kind of how it started. And My grandmother, uh, she did really great in in Seoul and she did all of our uniform, uh, school uniforms for all of her grandkids, which she has 15 grandkids. And (laughs) she did it for all of us. And she did for even there was a salsa music group. That she did all of their outfits as well.
1: 14, in total. 14,
2: and 14 <laughs> men just <laughs> dancing over there in the salsa outfits wow. and made by my grandmother. And she did wedding dresses. So it was just really pas- a passion of hers as well that was mm-hmm. inherited by her mother. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to school, they didn't want to design school, they didn't take classes. Uh, YouTube wasn't there back then (laughs) to kind of like (laughs) learn DIY, do it yourself. It was all by looking. And that's something that I really admire from that third generation now of sewists. And they they just really like it. They have the patience because you have to have a patience and creativity and love for it. And my mom learned the same way watching her mother sew. So my mom hasn't really taken any professional courses. It's always been taught by her mother.
0: I love I love that too, and I just want want to highlight that because like I'm a, pro, a professional a personal development coach, and people always say, "What did you have to study to, to become that?" I said nothing. <laughs>
3: I said <laughs> yeah.
0: I decided I'm gonna take my 47 years of experience and use it to help people who are struggling, you know. That's so it, so it's like you don't always have to have some type of specialized training. You found the talent you what you were good at, you know. Well, you. Well, going back generations, you know, but you passed it down and you passed it down and then you got to where you can take it to others. But we'll we'll get there in a moment. All right. So yeah. so, Evelyn, so you said that your, your father was the, the main source of income. So yes. did you use the helping your mom as a way to bond with her?
2: Um para tener
1: mejor Oh yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh my mom so uh, she she take care of us, she she uh talked to us about the love each other, the respect each other in the uh siblings. Um uh a lot of things we grow up in the church too and we learn a lot the the love of Jesus mm-hmm. and um, my mom is so special so special
2: she's a sweet lady no, because yeah. she's my grandmother uh, <laughs> but it was a great timing I think for her just having that experience of sewing uh, none of the others pick it up so my mom was the only one really after my grandmother helping her cutting fabrics, cutting, you know, the patterns and all that. So I think they really grow their their bond until today. I think my mom is one of the closest to my grandmother. Uh, But they both, you know, they really enjoy talking about, you know, the new dresses that my mom is making. My grandmother feels just so proud that at least someone, uh, you know, carry on with the tradition. And yeah, they... They really, it was a great thing that at least one of their kids have that same talent uh, and carry it over. Um, Hopefully that continues, maybe not with my mom's generation, (laughs) because none of us uh, really make or (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) took it over, but maybe the next generation will. Um, But that's what I'm here for, to support her dream. And that's kind of how everything started.
1: Yes, Yes, I have three three daughters, but... uh, none of them, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they don't like it.
2: Yeah, yes. yeah like, They and, have to like it.
0: Yes, exactly. Like my father was an engineer. Like I tell you a man could build anything. Like especially he liked working on cars. Like he brought this one car home he got from a junkyard. This thing was so beat up. I remember my mom and one of my sisters were in the window watching him tow this thing in and we're looking at each other like what is that but I you, it was like smashed in but oh, six God. six months later i was driving it you know but and i would be out there with them helping them and he's trying to tell me about this is this and this is that and i'm like dude just tell me what i need to hold
2: yeah <laughs> tell okay. me what tell me
0: what i need to tighten you know and then it, it comes full circle right my father yeah. passed, passed away in 2019 just before all this COVID stuff so it was actually okay. good, good timing know so so he didn't suffer in the end but my son my oldest son is a mechanic you know, oh. so so they got to bond, you know, his his last couple of years there got same thing with my son. He'll he'll come to me talking all this mechanic mumbo, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> like I don't care. I'm like, I'm like, you found something you're passionate about, and I love it. Like, as a, as your father, it warms my soul, but I don't care. <laughs> so so, so, I, so I was like, as a personal trainer. I can tell you what all the muscles are in the body. I can explain to you all the joint actions and how the energy systems work. Like, do you want to hear about any of that? He's like, no. I'm like, and it's all in you. <laughs> you know, It's <As> like <laughs> you walk with it every day and you don't care. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so I totally understand that. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right.
0: So, so Jennifer, let's get into, let's get into uh, to your backstory. So like how far back can you remember of watching your mom and your grandmother?
2: Oh, maybe like when I was four or five years old, uh, because at one point of her life, uh, you know, having four kids, just to give you a little bit of backstory, uh, my mom got divorced since uh, I was around, you know, I was little. So I remember part of my life when I was little, living with my grandmother, because we didn't have a, we, we were left without anything, basically, no house, yeah. no cars, no anything Anything. to support us it was a really struggle and we felt like we were in a really bad hole (laughs) that's how we call it that moment of our lives and it was for like over 10 years uh, that we really struggled so I remember you know I was living with my grandmother uh, she had her sewing machine in her room. So since I was little, I had seen her, you know, making uniforms. They will both go shopping. So I see that experience. of bonding, you know, with my grandmother and my mom, always yes. enjoying, you know, planning how they're going to make their uniforms. I, they will even ask me, you should dry what you would like to for a school, uh, school uniform. Uh, they also did my baptism dress. My grandmother did. Um, nice. and, and they will work together on creating all those, you know, little dresses for little girls. And it was mostly for the girls that my, uh, they both will make, uh, dresses for, yeah. but yeah, it was like, you know, it was just, you can't tell that it's something that they really enjoy because they wouldn't like say no for something that you will like get made. Yeah. And that was when I was little, you know, how, how everything started just seeing them, developing, you know, that bond and, and just making new things out of fabric. That's just really amazed me. I never got to help just because it wasn't in my interest at the moment. <laughs> and none of my sisters did either but we like the final product of course (laughs) and we enjoy it we probably wear it and even you know in schools other moms will ask my mother hey can you make the uniforms for our girls so it's just something that they got to work the only family and friends but the community too will also make like orders they will also request
4: uh, special
2: occasion dresses and uniforms and all that
4: is a an international city with 56 nationalities represented here. You know, going into a grocery store and hearing somebody speak Russian or Slovenian or Polish, uh, you know, Spanish, of course, um, French. I mean, just almost every imaginable language, hearing all these languages and people with heavy accents and lots of different foods in your neighborhood. Well, I just thought, hey, this is the, the way the world is. Well no. And so here you were judged on your own qualities. Yeah. Uh and you were yeah, and you were disparaged if you were, you know, a jerk. Yeah. And you weren't collectively judged because of your entire community. So going to Colorado and hearing all of that, I was like, God almighty. And so I really started thinking, boy, I better start standing up for for my Chicano people and all Latino people, and then it became for all people that are oppressed or repressed, and now it's uh, it's even branched out to women because, as you know, especially now with what's going on in Afghanistan and the Taliban takeover again, yeah. these women have nothing,
1: yeah.
4: nothing now. Imagine putting wearing a blanket outside. I see you in your in your wife beater, you know? Okay. <laughs> Imagine wearing a a um a blanket in 110 degree heat. Why so men don't get turned on by you. Hey, you know what? That's on you guys. Yeah. That's not our problem. Mm-hmm. So, now uh one of my big focuses is women's equality.
0: Nice. I love it. All right. So when did you, when did you decide to become an entrepreneur?
4: Well, that, that just kind of happened by accident. Um, so what happened was, uh, one of, well, first of all, I love salsa music and dancing, but one of my friends in Washington DC was having a salsa festival. And I said to him, well, who's going to do, um, a workshop on salsa history? He said, what? I said, Well, how can you have a salsa festival if you don't talk about the history of the music, he said, gee, I hadn't thought about that. Do you think you can do that? Yeah, I can do that. So I put together using um, old uh, VCR tapes, you know, because I I collected I collected music, um, music videos of salsa. Okay. So I put together, you know, what I thought was a good presentation and it turned out it was, but I punctuated what I was talking about with a, a, a music clip. And so believe it or not, I have done that over 500 times, including at the Kennedy Center and National Geographic Society at every Smithsonian museum in Washington, D.C., countless universities and colleges and lots of civic groups all the federal agencies because during hispanic heritage month you know they needed some programming and so there i was and all of a sudden i had a new career talking about salsa history teaching people how to dance promoting latin nights and um, whatever other events that i could put together that would bring in a profit
0: like that. Yeah, it's like, I feel like most entrepreneurs kind of trip into it, <laughs> you know, because like pe- people that watch the, watch the show in the regular, like they've heard my story over and over, you know, I, I started in my spare bedroom <laughs> and, then, you know, did that for like a year and a half and I was able to open up my facility. And even this with the podcast, I don't really have a game plan for it. I just took out my phone and just like, I'm good at speaking, you know, when I speak, people listen. So let's just you know, take it bigger see what happens. And now we're in 20, we're heard in 23 different countries. You know what I mean? So it just tends to grow. Yeah, just it just tends to grow. And I had no game plan. I didn't have a business plan. It was just, just keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. And then, you know, some people talk, talk trash, but like, I don't try to reach them. <laughs> i try to reach <laughs> i try to reach the ones that resonate like people that fight online it boggles my mind because I'm like you you don't have to pay them any mind if, if they don't like what I have to say don't tune in <laughs> you know like i'm not gonna waste my time defending my positions to to you when i have 10 other people that are saying yes i agree like I'm gonna focus on the other 10 but like i just feel people tend to tend to trip into it all right so so what's the basis of what you're doing, like, who do you, who do you work with and why?
4: Well, um, let me say that, uh, well, who, who I have worked with is a lot of organizations, agencies um, that needed to, you know, times are different now. So now everyone has to show that they are inclusive and they are for diversity. And so those people, I was a godsend to them because this would be something that they could actually use and include in their annual reports. You know, we reached out to, you know, the Latino community. We brought in a Latino speaker, you know, whatever it was. So I came in at a great time when people were really hungry for this. And fortunately, they still are. You know, I'm, I'm doing a, a, a few events here in Ohio. Um, one I'm doing at a correctional facility. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be doing one there. I'm doing one at Case Western Reserve University, and we're going to talk about how Latin jazz, uh, solidifies and unifies, uh, people's identities. Um, and then I am doing one at, uh, Key Bank. And, uh, so... For me it is being able to spread the good news about the Latino culture at a time where Latinos very often are viewed in negative lights. They they see us as uh, you know troublemakers, gang members, uh undocumented folks, you know, mm. taking up the resources of this great country when in reality uh everyone contributes to this great country. So I like to put the different spin on it. Hey, you know what? You love our music. You love our dancing. You love our food, you know? (laughs) Hey, and now that you know us, love us too, you know, uh, because people are so alike. We have so many commonalities, so many bonds. There's so few differences in people that we should not be trying to divide divide each other. And so this is one of the the great byproducts of what I'm I'm able to do. And it brings me a lot of satisfaction knowing that um, I open people's minds, I make people happy, they had a good time and they learned something.
0: And I'm glad you I'm glad you said that about the differences because I lead women's empowerment groups. And sometimes people like you lead women's empowerment groups. I'm like, yeah, like I'm qualified to give motivation to anyone. (laughs) Like It doesn't matter who. And then to the people on the receiving end, I say, if you're in a rough spot and I'm equipped to get you out of that rough spot, it shouldn't matter if I'm a female or not.
4: Well, (laughs) there there are so many enlightened men in this world, especially in this country. You know, men are modern, um, you know, not all, but but a lot of men are enlightened. A lot of men appreciate women. A lot of men respect and admire women. A lot of men have women supervisors. Uh, uh, You know, men see what some women are doing and how productive, how effective, how influential they are. And so I take a lot of hope in seeing that we are coming around to understanding that we are more equal than unequal. And at some point uh, we need to just get everything like that, not like this.
0: Yeah, it's like my thing too is understanding that there are some differences, but there's but they're different for a reason. You know what I mean? Like for for me, I'm I'm a single parent. That was why when I when earlier when you were talking about mom's habit harder I'm like uh, I bust my ass <laughs> It's like okay. I, I, I'm not like your average dad <laughs> so yeah. uh, I'm at all the after school stuff and doing the homework yes. and you know going to the choirs and the chorus and the sports and the long weekends on the softball field. I'm doing all of that too so you know don't lump me in with all the other dads <laughs> but but like but my thing is so to the point as being a single dad, you can walk into this house and know that there's not a female presence. You know, like, there's, there's there's, just a difference. And on the flip side, like, I have five kids. So when I was with my ex, th- th- there's just a difference in the presence to when I wasn't here to when I was here. So it's like, when our powers are combined, that's when you become an unstoppable force. You know, I just think, like, respecting the differences, embracing the similarities, and then that's when you can thrive. And so when I'm working with people on topics like that, I said, we, we got to stop it with the differences and just say, what are your strengths? Okay, these are my strengths. How can our strengths work together? Rather than you're not good at this and you're not good at that. Like a- anybody can pick apart somebody's flaws, but oh, yeah. it's like, but it's like I'm not the most organized soul. Mm-hmm. So, so if I decide to date again, I'm going to make sure that the woman I date is very organized <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because two disorganized people are going to be slobs. <laughs> you know, Right? So, so it's That's about embracing, embracing what you're not good at, and then find someone who's good at what you're not. And then you combine your two strengths and vice versa, you know, you combine the strengths. But I think when talking about equality and diversity, I'm all for all of that. But like you said, we're a lot more alike than, than we aren't. Like we all have two eyes. We all have one nose. We all have a mouth. We all have ears. We all have a heartbeat. We all need oxygen to breathe. Like there's slight differences, but yet those differences are exploited. And most time it's for financial gain, which is just awful.
4: Well, and and it's also, um, you know, I I believe that somehow humans are inherently, um, let's see. What's there's a correct word for it. And let me see if it comes to mind. Um, you know, we're, we're not as confident as we should be. And so in order to lift ourselves up, we hmm. try to put other people down so that we elevate our own status in our own mind, uh, you know, which isn't right. But you know, one thing that leads me to, um, you know, I, I, I want to bring up something that you sparked in my head, because remember when everyone was a little bit nervous because the mayan calendar was coming to an end, the end the Remember 20, the, yeah. the movie you know yeah. yeah so anyway what that really signified and most people don't know is uh it was just the end of a, a particular time period and during that time period male dominant energy prevailed and when we hit the next day december 22nd 2012 female dominant energy you know we had hit this part of the pendulum and it started coming back yeah and so what the mayans tell us is that what we have to do is find the perfect equilibrium yes so Male-dominant energy, female-dominant energy meet in the middle. Nobody tries to dominate the other. Everyone Mm -hmm. works together, just like what you were saying. If your strength is, um, say, mathematics, that's your strength, and your partner's strength is uh, geology, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, if you can make that work together, that makes you more powerful because you are playing on those strengths. Yes. And so I I feel very strongly um, about the possibilities that lie ahead because female dominant energy got a real strong boost when we had that uh, women's march on Washington, Mm D.C. And there were millions of women all around the planet, even on Antarctica and not just women, because believe me, I was I was in that march. I went from Ohio back to D.C. for the march Mm -hmm. and there were men everywhere. Why? Because they understand that we have to work together and we have the same goals, we have the the same uh, mission, and most of us just want to lead happy lives where our kids are all looked after, everyone has an opportunity, we can have some fun, we're fulfilled. Hey, what's wrong with that? So let's all work toward that, and yeah. uh, you know the Mayans are telling us, hey if we do it right, we can reach that that equilibrium.
0: Yeah, see, and along those same lines, it goes back to understanding. You know, like I was having a conversation with my daughter about like the, the slave trade and, and all that stuff. And she she was getting all wound up. And I told her, I was like, listen, I said, it was absolutely awful what those people went through. I said, but you can't look at it with 2021's lens, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause like things are different now. You have to think of it back then the world was so different. It, w- it was about survival. You know what I mean? Like it was about survival. So you have to kind of look at the times and what was happening in the times to make a rational decision. And I bring that up because just like what, what you were saying with men and women, we both approach things differently. You know, like some, some men are very task driven. A lot of women are emotional or emotionally driven and Sometimes you could take something like, say, the lights got cut off. You're going to, men are going to approach it differently than the women. And then they resent the other's approach. And then you clash rather than just saying, all right, how do we fix this? You know, but that's the man's mentality. How do we fix this? The women want to know how we got there. <laughs> you know, so so so, so it's like right. once, once you understand that she's not just being a nag, that's how she's wired. Like, like, like female, b- female brains are wired to process yeah. risk assessment. Because again, go back to, like I just said, the world was about survival. Like why are men most usually bigger and carry more muscle? Because the men had to fight in battle. You know, like women typically carry more, more body fat because if something happened to, to the men, they had to be able to survive with the kids. You know, so like understanding that dynamic from our origins even though it's 2021 now the wiring is still the same you know
4: (laughs) yeah yeah that that, uh that has not changed um the only thing that's changed is is our attitudes and and the the more educated people become generally the more open-minded they are and see things differently have new perspectives and that i think brings us forward in our appreciation for everyone and everything you know i'm glad you brought up the slave trade because that has a a real prominent um part of salsa history Mm -hmm. and uh, without the africans being brought over to the new world with their drumming traditions um we would not have had salsa because you know unfortunately in the united states we did not want those drumming traditions to continue because we were afraid those pesky africans were going to be communicating from encampment to encampment and planning to mm. and escape <laughs> however in cuba they did not uh they did not restrict them from keeping those traditions okay. and so that music or or that um percussive Element made its way into the the Cuban music, and now we have salsa. Because of salsa, I got a new career.
0: <laughs> I love it. See, <laughs> got to find the good in everything. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, so what? Are, what are your next steps?
4: Well, uh, I'm inv- I'm involved in quite a few things. Uh, I'm the president of the Hispanic Fund of our county, and we give uh, grants to nonprofit organizations that benefit Latino, the Latino community. Um, We've also just embarked on uh, building a, a bigger scholarship fund because we give scholarships every year, we have that much money and that many applicants. So Mm -hmm. uh, we're we're, we're working on that. I'm also very proud to be part of the Roberto Ocasio Foundation, and we have a Latin jazz music camp for kids, music musicians in grades eight through 12. And we take them for a week. And Bobby Sanabria, who is this master musician is the musical director. He gives them music theory. He teaches them how to improvise. One thing, a lot of kids taking music do not do or don't know how to go about. And we do this and it's the only latin jazz music camp in the country so i'm very proud of that um i'm also um finishing in fact uh, by the end of this month i will have finally after 12 years completed my book which is on female empowerment sex and politics and we'll have to talk about that on another show okay um and uh i also just got it into my head since you know i've done a, a couple of films not me but i've had a role yes. in having them come to life, uh, to do a documentary about our tremendous Latin salsa music history here in Lorain, Ohio. So I'm working on that. I'm working with the Historic Society here so that we can create that uh, together. And, uh, and then I, I do a podcast every Tuesday night. You know, it's so great to do stuff that you're passionate about. Yes. I love salsa music. I love the history. I want to know about these musicians. And so every Tuesday night we're interviewing, you know, somebody who has made a tremendous impact on the Latin music industry, whether they be a musician or they were an engineer or they were a, uh, instrument maker or or someone that promoted way back in the palladium days i mean so many things so that is something that i'm doing every tuesday night and loving it because not only am i sharing with the audience what these stories are but i'm also broadening my own knowledge base which you know makes me more valuable and makes me more dangerous
0: <laughs> yeah, I say too with mine. Like this is my third notebook. Like I have two and two and a half notebooks full of notes because every guest that comes on, as as everyone's talking, I'm writing stuff, stuff down because, like you said, I'm expanding my horizons as as well. Because I don't claim to know everything, but you know, I know enough to make the conversation interesting. <laughs> you know, throwing some throwing throw some humor in there, but you know, yeah. it, it's about it's about keeping people. Rational, you know, rational, just like going back to what we were saying about the differences between men and women, it could be it could be any difference, it could be between white black or any any other other race male, you know, it it doesn't matter if you just step back, take the emotions out of it, and think rationally, like think rationally, so many things can get fixed. You know, it really can. Just in everyday life, so many things can get fixed. But we let emotions take over. We we want to be mad. We want people to know how mad we are. And, <laughs> and what does that what does that do? Like I'm driving on the road the other day, and this guy's clearly speeding. And then someone pulls out in fr- front of him, and this so the guy had to slow down. He's mad. He's flailing his arms, throwing middle fingers. And, like, he, like, weaved through traffic to get next to, to next to this guy to bark at him. I'm like, this guy's going to cause an accident. And, right. o- and over what? Grand scheme of things, right. beca- because he had to slow down for five seconds. You know? it's It's not even so much the act that someone pulled out. He was mad that he had to slow down for five seconds. And he was willing to risk injury and damaging his car and other people's cars just to let this guy know I'm mad at you.
4: Well you know what we're we're bombarded with you know so much bad news um hmm. I have to tell you I, I I've been taking a break because i I've been a political junkie, you know, living in d c you're hmm. surrounded by it, so yeah, you know and, and coming from my college education, I always want to know what's going on, but I'll tell you after after this last election, uh you know. I just got like the energy sucked out of me, and now almost everything you hear is negative. And I'm like, gosh, you know, it's. Uh, I'm watching like, I'm I'm watching different things on TV now, so I I don't really have to think and concentrate on reality because yeah. sometimes reality is a bummer, you know. It just it just brings you down, and so I want to see things. Or i want to experience things you know i want to hear happy music number one i want to yeah. dance I, I want to hear happy music uh you know i want to laugh uh i want to go outside you know so I'm, I'm doing a little bit more of that and people don't do enough of that and that's why you find you know the bird being thrown all over the highways and yeah. road rage and things like that you have to find a way to to let things go and that's one of the reasons I loved promoting Latin nights because I would see people laughing and smiling and singing and dancing and sweating, but happy sweat. You know, not like oh my god, this hurts. No, it's like yeah, let's do it again. See, and you oh, know why? Yeah. yeah.
0: See, you know know why? To be, you. Because that's an escape from reality.
4: Yes, it Say, is.
0: When you get to to the root cause. So many people are either content or below content with their current circumstances. Below to the point to where they'll, they'll let something so trivial like oh I'm not talking to someone so why? Because they called me a name. I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was taught when I was like three sticks and stones will break my bones but names will never hurt me. You know what I mean? So it's like a name can only hurt you if you you allow it. It's like what's the real issue here? And then you start getting down to the root cause. And it's like, maybe they're in an unfulfilled relationship or they hate their job or their supervisor, or they have a strained relationship with a parent or, or a brother. Like it, it's usually never what we see on the surface. And especially yeah. especially now that I'm getting into people's backstories, some people have a lot of baggage that that that's unresolved from their past. You know? Yeah. And so it's like, once you come to grip with that stuff and just know that, Most people don't care as much as you think they do. (laughs) Just put it out there. And then someone else that's stuck in that same rut will will be like, you know what? They had the courage to face their fears. I'm going to face mine. You
4: know? Yeah. Most of, you know, when I run across disagreeable people, because, you know, they're everywhere. Uh, Fortunately, I, I don't run across a lot of them. But when I do, I always think, oh, well. I'm I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to react to that negatively because I know that for some reason they're miserable in some aspect of their life. Yeah. And that's why it's coming out the way it is. And so for me personally, uh, I'm happy 99% of the time. Yeah. I f- I find, you know, I mean, I'm looking out at the beautiful trees in the front yard. And there's a beautiful creek in front of that and i see that and i'm like wow how lucky are we to have a creek or how lucky am i that i can talk to you without uh needing oxygen you know uh breathed into my lungs or how lucky am i that i can dance because i don't need crutches or a wheelchair or how this is one thing that i am so grateful for i am so grateful that i can read Mm. you know you know I saw an older gentleman at the library and he had someone there teaching him how to read. And I thought, good for him. But it's so sad how much he has missed from not being able to read as simple as a menu or, uh, you know, uh, say a report card from your grandchildren, whatever. So I look at the best there is. Knowing that there's crap everywhere, yeah. but I, I downplay that, and I don't focus on that. I focus on the better things that keeps me happy. I personally live in the joyous expectancy of the best. I'm expecting great things for me in, in, in the rest of my life. Like you're going to be hearing from me.
0: <laughs> I love it. See, <laughs> and, and what what us, us as Americans, or just people who, who live here, what we don't understand is that we're all privileged. You can take the worst, the worst neighborhood in this country, and there's a village in Africa that would kill to live there, or in the Philippines that would kill to live there. You or know, Syria, know.
4: Syria yes. Afghanistan, yeah. Yes,
0: there's so many countries where there's, like, actual oppression and not this made-up political oppression. You know, there's this thing where women aren't allowed to read, you know? I believe yeah. it was Iran, I want to say. It was a, a few years ago. A woman got raped, and her options were marry the rapist because fornication is illegal over there, yeah. or she would get arrested. You see what I'm saying? Like, like There's like real oppression going on, and yeah. people don't understand how good we have it here. Like you mentioned Cuba earlier. People try to swim here from cuba to get here and like our our southern border is is a mess and you know the politicians are trying to blame each other but again look at the root problem people are trying to escape from where they are because they know if they can just make it here they have a chance
4: well and and even with nothing they have more than they left behind and Mm -hmm. interesting that that you brought this up because i i Put a section in my book about this that we as Americans focus too much on what we don't have. You know, we're so used to seeing Oprah or, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James or, uh, you know, Mark Cuban, you know, all these people with money, power, influence. And we say, well, I'm not like that. Well, you know what? Uh, You can have the opportunity to, to be like that. However, Focus on what you have. You know, if you have kids and you love your kids, focus on that warm feeling. Focus on the fact that you eat every day, what you want. Focus on the fact that there's no bombs going off in your neighborhood. Focus on the fact that your kids aren't sleeping in water. I listened to NPR the other day and heard about, you know, kids, um, you know, the earthquake and, and the rains from the hurricane. There's no place to sleep and the kids had to sleep in water. I mean, you know, these are the realities of the greater majority of human beings' life. We are not sent to labor camps yeah. because we don't agree with what the government is saying. We have to be happy that we eat what we want. We have a roof over our head. We have computers. You know, we have cell phones, which are, you know, mini computers. The lights work. We have cars. Uh, most of us have jobs. Um, you know, good health. I mean, there's so many things to be thankful for. And when you focus on all the great things you have and regard them as blessings, you can't help but feel better every day.
0: See, and that's all by design. Like, like everything you just said, that's all by design to keep the elites in power. Because the worst thing for the government. Is for the people to unite. It's 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 the worst thing. Like, why do you think everything is so divisive? You know, like on the left, they're pro-abortion. On on the left, I mean, on the right, they're anti-abortion. Like, it, like the, there's so many there's so many hot button topics on either side. So there will never be unity, never. Because people on the opposite side, they're never gonna agree on abortion. They're never gonna agree on the right to bear arms. You know, they're never gonna agree uh, agree about the strife between white versus black like that it's by design cuz that keeps the government in power like if we were to actually come together they they're afraid we can overthrow them well, <laughs> you know, that's and, their, that's their worst nightmare
4: well it is and you know i also write write about that in the book too and the hope is that there are so many more of us than them Mm-hmm. and we have we have to remember that and and uh, you know we have we have to remember that our power lies in our being unified and so one of the things that I see that's happening is you know their collective bargaining is such a powerful tool for the average mm-hmm. worker. Uh, you, can have a grievance and when it is backed up by a union you have a chance of having that resolved whereas if you're an individual forget it it's probably not going to happen but of course there is so much anti-union sentiment and act anti-union action being taken yeah. uh, that you know we have to wake up and think hey this is going to benefit us I have more strength, more power, a bigger voice when it is in a collective group. So, well, I, I touch on a whole bunch of stuff.
0: Yes, yeah, like but before you can even get to the collective group, you have you have to want it for yourself. You know, it's like it's like that's the that's the part that's missing. Like even in the the black slash brown community, they they've been told their entire lives that you're marginalized you're behind the eight ball it's not a level playing field so then you get someone like me whoever i'll do a video saying you can have whatever you want in life just have have a vision have some some drive and be resilient until you get it and then people try to drag me saying i'm being anti-black and you're just promoting white supremacy how does telling black people that they can succeed, how does that promote white supremacy? Like, that's an actual comment I got on my post. Oh I'm, my like, God. I'm like, by telling people that you can be whatever you want, it's like, but they can't break free from that mental slavery of constantly seeing on the news how oppressed you are. And same same thing with some w- women. Like, I told, I told my daughter, she's 19, I said, listen, you're going to have people telling you out there that you got roadblocks, but you don't have any. You focus in on what you want and you get out there and you make it happen. If you hit a roadblock, go around it. If you if there, there's a man that tells you you can't ever, you don't have to listen. Said so You don't have to take it to heart. I said, focus on your goal and zigzag, jump, crawl, whatever you have to do until you get there. And that's what wow. the world needs more of. We got to stop telling people the stuff they can't do and start telling them the things that they can do and then provide the path. And that's what shows like like this Shows like yours, the book you're writing. So we're doing our part to to contribute. And I just announced yesterday, I'm starting a speaking tour going around in schools, preaching this message to high school kids and college kids. Because they, they have to know there's not only one path to success. When oh. they think you go to college, you get a degree, you get a job, you work 40 years, you're, you're miserable for 35 of them, <laughs> then then you retire and you wait to die. And then somewhere in there you get married and you have kids like that's the life cycle that they think. But it doesn't have to be that way.
4: Right. Have a plan, you know, make a plan for yourself. Dream big, because even if you don't hit the the pinnacle of that dream, you're probably going to be a lot farther than you ever imagined. And. Life throws us so many curves. I mean, I never thought that I would be speaking about salsa music. I used to go yeah. to the dances, you know, and dance and I would meet some of the artists and you know buy their mm-hmm. records and and read the album cover jackets and you know that that was really the basis for my primary education of salsa. So you never know what happens, you never know who you meet. Be yeah. nice to everyone. Sh- Treat everyone with respect, but have a plan because a plan will start directing you somewhere and that will get you a lot farther than just living day to day. Because when you live day to day, every day looks like the day before.
0: Yes. Yeah, see, and b- before, before we break it down, I think I, I said, I think it was on Tuesday's show <clears throat> where the guests had mentioned about looking for opportunities. And I said, no, no, no. People see opportunities everywhere. You have to be ready to seize it. You have you have to take it. Because like there there was a woman that reached out to me a while ago saying she was having problems, you know, resolving stuff from her past. And I was like, perfect. This is what this is what I do. Let's set set up a time and chat. And I can, you know, just told her a little bit of my process. And she's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's what I need. I'm like, if you haven't resolved it, how do you know what you need? It's like you you had a need, you brought it to me. I happen to do what, what you're looking for, but you're, you're rejecting it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you put it out there and it brought you to me. <laughs> so, so let's see this through and see where it goes. You know? So, so that, that's a problem. A lot of people, you know, like you'll get that one, you get that person that's struggling financially and then you'll get a friend that calls and say, Hey, I got a business opportunity for you. Like, no, nah, no, nah, those things are like scams. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the opportunity came, but you didn't seize it rather than at least, listen. Exactly, at least <laughs> listen, you know, and like that could have been exactly what you were, you were looking for, but you're so caught up in your own men- mental slavery that you won't even give it the time of day. And like, that's one of the biggest problems plaguing people, especially in this country is that they have a certain idea of what they think their life should be. But then when the universe presents another option, they're like, oh no, that's not for me. It's like, well, why do you think that that got dropped in your lap? <laughs> it's like, like, you have to yeah. step back and say, okay, why is this being offered to me? Right. That's what's missing.
4: Right, you know, and wh- when I talk to uh, younger people, I-, I tell them, you know, what do you love so much that you would do it for free? I say that too. Yeah, and then... Find a way to get paid to do it because you're never (laughs) you're never going to feel like you're working because it's Mm -hmm. something that you enjoy doing. You know, I'm sure you put a lot of uh, pre-production work into your podcast when I do the um, my podcast. You know, I I call the person. I speak to them for at least an hour. Uh, I research their music. I, I look up the music. You know, who was uh, playing with them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, gee, that would that would pay a lot of money if you were getting an hourly rate uh, wage doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do it because I want to know. I love it. And who knows? Actually, I I have a way that I think that this could be monetized and. Let's hope. I, I live in the joyous expectancy of the best. So, you know, find what you love to do so much that you would do it for free, and find someone who'll pay you to do it.
0: Yes, <laughs> I love that. But mine's the exact opposite. It's like I want to know as little about the person as possible. <laughs> okay. That way, because you don't know where the conversation's gonna go. It's like right. how many how many different topics did we cover in this last hour? <laughs> right, certainly so,
4: not the one I thought we were going to cover. <laughs> see,
0: but but see how how it flowed. Yeah, we, we played off of each other. We yeah. both shared we both shared stories. We both shared life lessons, and it, it, it was natural. Like yeah. it was natural for me. It was natural for you. Like it didn't seem forced. Like I watched the video before I came on here, and the guy's like, "Hi, I." thank you for joining the 21 day fitness challenge like you could tell he was clearly reading you know what I mean it's like it's like it's not genuine it's not authentic you know and when you're talking about something you're passionate about you you light up yeah. you know what I mean so like when when I ask a question that people are prepared for you can tell it's because like I did my first couple couple episodes doing it that format and I was like I don't I don't like this like it's not natural mm-hmm. you know so it's like and anyone can have their own style, but that's what I like. Like, I, I like to go into it just getting to know you as we're doing the episode,
4: <laughs> and it worked wonderfully. Yes, it, it, this was just like having a, a chat with uh, someone that you just met, and uh, you know, you kind of clicked, and so you want to know about each other.
0: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, so give us give us a, fun, a final word. So, are your is all your contact info on your website there?
4: Yes, it is. Um, right, wait,
0: let me just sit, let me just say it out for for the people that are gonna listen on the uh, audio. So it's Eileen Torres Productions. It's E I L E E N T O R R E S Productions.com. and you can that's her web, her website. You can see all about what she does, find her her social stuff, and when's your book gonna be done, or or is it done?
4: No, it, it's almost done. I'm I'm okay. doing the stylization right now, and my goal is to uh, have it done by the end of this month, and then submit it for self publication. Nice. And uh, then I'm going to be coming out with the book cover, and then I'm going to make a big splash with it.
0: Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No, mine's about half halfway done. I gotta I gotta get on that.
4: It so. takes a lot of time.
0: Yeah, it does. All right. So now, give us a, give us a final word before we sign off.
4: Live your life in joy. Find something every day to appreciate what is good in your life and really focus on that, whether it's the love of your children, seeing your grandchildren take their first step, Uh, seeing kittens, uh, having somebody bring you over a plate of cookies, whatever it is. The fact that you can pick up a newspaper and read because you know how to read. The fact that you can decide what you want to eat because you have that power. Focus on the good in your life and you're going to be a happier person every day. And go out and dance salsa and you will exponentially experience joy.
0: Love that. That was perfect. All right, so we're going to end there. Uh, I'm gonna put you backstage again, but just uh, don't sign off yet. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I'm good. I have some uh, some connections for you.
4: Okay. All
0: right. Well, thank you very much for your time and sharing your stories and your experience and your passions with us. Much appreciated.
4: My pleasure.
0: All right. Take care. All right. So, just to summarize what, what she just finished up with there about figuring out what it is you want to do. And my thing is, is don't look for something new. What you want to do, it's already within your subconscious mind. So again, this is 135 of these shows I've done. And granted, I didn't have guests for the first eight, but still, it's over 120 people. And they end up doing something around what they wanted to do in their childhood. It may not look exactly the same way, but it's already there. So I have a big enough sample size that if you're unfulfilled in what you're currently doing, or maybe you're sort of fulfilled but you, you would like another stream of income, then re- reach out and let us help you figure out what that is. Cause I can probably do it in about a half an hour. That's it. Just pick your brain for a half an hour and then whatever it is that you have that you can monetize and maybe even online so it can be automated. But let's talk that through and see and see if we can well not see and make that happen for you. Because you don't ha- in 2021, there is no reason to be struggling. There's no reason to be unfulfilled with the te- the technological advances that we have now. So, if you need that help, reach out. And again, to get in touch with Eileen, it's Productions.com. That's all I got for you for today. And have a great day.
2: You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events.
0: We have like we need more of us to to get out there and spread the word because they're going to listen to LeBron James. They're going to listen to Al Sharpton. They're going to listen to Oprah. They're going to listen to Barack and Michelle Obama, you know, because they're high profile, people, even though they're all rich, (laughs) spowing this nonsense. Like, they need people to let them know, hey, listen, this is where you are, but you don't have to stay there. Like, that's what they need. It's like, you have these gifts, these gifts, these gifts. Let's let's turn it into something to where you can change your family's life for generations. Like, that's the yeah. message that they need. Instead of just being told you have all of these obstacles and that's just how it is because it's rooted in the system. Like, that's a load of crap.
3: And then my thing is, too is that there's are some people out there, believe it or not, who they'll go out there and they'll talk and you know they'll try and inspire them. And then they get labeled as being, you know, that they hate blacks. Dude, we want to help you.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I get I'm, that all the time. I, I got told I was anti-black before. I said, because I said blacks can take care of themselves.
4: <laughs> I
0: said, they don't they don't need the government. They don't it, need white people to intervene. They can do it themselves. How is that creating? anti-black?
3: If you want to blame the government, the government doesn't see any value to you. We do. We yes. see your potential. We see your worth. You want to help you discover it and do yep. something about it. But no, you want to sit there and be miserable. That's on yep. you.
0: Yeah, the government sees you as a ballot. That's, that's what right. they. That's what they see you as. It's all about power. You know, we like see if you they, as a person. If they really cared, like in remember in Providence, maybe you don't remember because uh, some, some something I forget how young you are. Yeah, (laughs) like they they spent $1.8 billion to move the ramp to 195 because it used to be further up, and they moved it to where it is now $1.8 billion.
3: Two exits, like right there, because we would go down Plainfield, whatever it was. Yeah, I remember.
0: Yeah, right. So they they did all that, and you go into Olneyville or down Manton Avenue. Or down the far end of Chalkstone Avenue. Excuse me, parts of Smith Street. You know, the Chad Stone, the, the Chad Brown projects. Go down Academy Ave. You know, like what could $1.8 million have done in that in those communities? You know what I'm saying? It's like you're you, you're proclaiming to be the party that cares about black lives. And then yet we'll move the stupid highway. Which still gets congested, cause yeah. that, cause that, that was their their rationalization. They were gonna move the highway; it would ease congestion, and then they were supposed to build up that area where the bridge was. They're supposed to like put shops and restaurants and stuff in there. It they haven't put a thing in there
3: because they knew it would be vandalized.
0: And there's still traffic, so yeah, it's, it's like you spent all that mm-hmm. money. Like, wh- how far could that have gone to maybe renovate the Providence schools?
3: like that's what i'm saying like people think that you need like a whole like you gotta transform it all one day no just take little steps if the democratic yep. party actually went out there and just little by little was just doing something yeah i'd probably like them a little bit more maybe maybe.
0: <laughs> maybe but they're not
3: you're just so anti-trump let's undo everything trump did like honestly they they say they care about you they don't
1: Mm-hmm. They so true. I mean,
3: republicans too honestly they they just have a political agenda
0: yeah, both sides do. I told you it's all about votes. It's, yeah. it's all about votes. It's not it about, if, if anything, that was apparent last year, right? During the height of the uh, pandemic when all the colleges went back and they they wrangled over that second stimulus package because neither side wanted to give the other side the victory before the election.
3: No, I think the work, obviously, that one, I remember that. And the other one is like, you're going to let people be starving and poor because you can't make a decision. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But then the whole thing about the vaccine, again, last year, I think what that comes
0: that's going to be next week's topic. I won't
3: touch on it now because again, female, I'm just everywhere. Um, <laughs> is that like, I remember there was seen back then, probably be like two to three years before it's fully out and like approved and everything. Hmm. And then, start of this year, all right, my you URI said you need to be vaccinated in order to attend like to attend classes yeah so it's either you need to show some uh you either have to fill out an exemption form because of your religious or whatever yeah situation or you, like you need to get the vaccine like as soon as biden was in office they were just pushing it out there i'm like it's barely been a year like i remember Ramondo was telling us like it's probably gonna be a couple years for the vaccine out. wear your mask and now they're like all right everything's open vaccines out Woo! <laughs> now we have the delta variant like you're putting everybody's health at risk because of your little agenda
0: and now an mu variant i'm reading like I, it's like you never really know but like i said we'll we'll get into to that one next monday yeah. so so this was good i mean it's been an hour and 13 we can obviously get off the air and continue talking you know because i
3: we're, don't know my brain here. Right
0: now. <laughs> all right kid good show yeah. Good good show. And uh we'll be back next Monday. Goodbye everyone.
3: Toodles. <laughs>